0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. The NFL draft starts tonight. Expect to see two local players go in the first round. Expect to see six, seven, eight, maybe nine Utes drafted over the course of the three days. And uh, I put that, it's up on Facebook. I put it out there on Twitter as well. And PK, (laughs) you you gotta love the Utes. (laughs) Jazz Traveling Cocaine Circus at Wes Pace tweets out, you spelled 10 wrong not 9, it'll be 10 Utes and yes, Wes changed his handle after seeing the Bulls uh, and Jordan and the Traveling Cocaine Circus quote see what you did there, Wes got a lot more feedback rolling in from people here uh, Wikipedia says, how about we wait and see how many are actually drafted before we start impressing all over it? Remember when Utah was a title contender and then they were crushed by Oregon and Texas? Okay, Wikipedia, we can wait to see if they get to nine, but they're getting to six for sure. And then whether you think it's seven, eight, or nine, yeah, we can see how that plays out. But it's going to be a big list.
1: I don't see how you're negative towards this. I don't. I don't get it. This is a celebration of your program. This is like uh, graduation day, where, where the, you know we see where the guys get their degrees, and that's ultimately extremely important. Obviously, well, this is a lot, sort of the same thing. So many of these guys they're graduating from college to the NFL. Uh, set aside the enormous paychecks that they're going to get, but this is a lot of these kids. You know, it's no. I don't have any problem acknowledging that. Hey. I want to play in the NFL. That's why I came here because I think that this has given me the best opportunity. That's that's the only reason why they got Jalen Johnson. No and yeah. he's gonna end up with a degree. I think he probably already has it. He does. But and I don't graduated. have any problem with that. He chose Utah as a business decision.
0: He told us we went up there when he was a freshman and when they still brought players to uh, Kyle Winningham's press conference and the three guys talked afterwards. And, we were, and he was talking about the list of schools he could have gone to, and he mentioned Oklahoma. And we asked him about, well, any regrets on that because Oklahoma was going to the playoff? And he says, no, I came here because they have a history of putting guys in the NFL. They put defensive backs into the league. And I want to play in the NFL, so I'm here. And he could not have been calmer. It's like, of course I'm not worried about not going to Oklahoma. It was 100% this place gets me to the NFL, so I'm going to this place.
1: Right. And not just that, and you're absolutely right about that, is that he knew he could start immediately because that was the year that they lost a bunch of guys coming off that other team in the defensive backfield, and he knew positions were open. So he made a business decision. So I respect that decision even more. He got the job done academically, but he, may, he came here because he knew that they had so many positions open, so the chances of him getting a starting job right off the bat was going to be extremely high, and that would allow him to get to the NFL after only three seasons. So when his name is called, if I'm a Ute fan, I'm thinking, yeah, that's the essence of what this is about. This is a gigantic deal. Tyler says this
0: is not impressive. If that many NFL guys couldn't get it done, it means the coaches can develop guys but not get the team awards that matter like a championship. Man, Tyler wants the Pac-12 title. I think this goes back to the offensive line wasn't good enough, and I don't think we're going to see a lot of offensive linemen drafted. As a matter of fact, do you think we're going to see any offensive linemen drafted?
1: So I think the number is going to be. Uh, what's the one kid? Darren Paulo. Uh, Paulo, uh, I would maybe, but no, I get your point. Yeah. He'd be, right, he'd be a later round pick if he is taken. All right, they don't. I, yeah, I, I'm going to have some breaking news. They didn't have a perfect team. Yeah. <laughs>
0: improve the offense and gear up the quarterback play because who did they lose to they lost to somebody who's not just a first round draft pick but now there's all kinds of stuff on on Justin Herbert and is he going to go 5th or 6th and is somebody going to trade up to take him at number 3 there's all kinds of rumors out there the lions are talking to multiple teams now maybe the lions are leaking that just trying to get the dolphins and chargers to bid against each other but or or get a third team into it too and see but uh you know you, you got a, an elite quarterback in the eyes of NFL guys if you're being discussed as the 3rd, 5th or 6th pick in the draft
1: you are elite yeah and and i've uh, i've heard people say as a, as a guy brought this to my attention uh, several years ago he said not once since Utah has been in the league on Pac-12 Media Day, when they send two guys, you don't have to send an offensive and a defensive guy. You could send two offensive, two defensive. Most of the teams do do one offense, one defense, but there's no rule that says you have to do that. But somebody pointed pointed this out to me probably three years ago that Utah is the only team that's never sent a quarterback there. And that does say something. I get it. And, and it would be nice if they had a big-time quarterback that uh, who would go down there you know i suppose they could have sent huntley but it didn't seem like huntley was all that interested in doing interviews and so you need to have to have somebody and he could do them but you need to have if you have somebody who's out there a little bit and has some personality because it's a long day used to be two days but now it's one day and it's a long day I got to say, I, I enjoy the heck out of it, and I'm going to miss it this year big time if they don't have it. The idea, we broadcast basically from 8 to 5 down there and maybe 8 to 4, and that's a lot of fun. That's, but at the end of the day, you're gassed because you've gone through this whole stuff. So you better be willing and uh, want to talk, and maybe uh, you know Huntley wasn't as interested in doing that. Uh, but it would be nice if they started consistently sending quarterbacks there. And Justin Herbert has gone down the last couple of years because we've had him on the air, as have uh, many of the of the big time quarterbacks that have come through this league have gone down there. Andrew Luck was on our show. Uh, what's his face? Uh, USC guys kid from uh, Probably have multiple, who's with the Rams now. Po- multiple. uh oh, yeah, yeah, Jared yeah, Goff. The Rams kid. Jared Goff. Golf, yeah. Goff. Great interview. Jared Goff was a great interview, and he would he'd play with you and mess around. And so, yeah. So it'd be nice if they had a, a quarterback that they know. Uh, now this year, if they have it, they wouldn't have it. I wouldn't think because they don't know who's the starting quarterback's going to be. Even if uh, they had spring ball, I don't know. So probably in the ten years, whether they have it or not. But the ten years, they haven't sent a quarterback, and that's a little bit telling. Uh, to a degree, as to why they haven't won the thing.
0: Alex says the Utes have definitely recruited some great talent, and they seem to be getting better at it, too. Right. I think if you go back to it, we've talked about a lot of stuff about the draft and why it's important, but if you want to go back to one really key point, with the continuity on the coaching staff, as you get guys drafted, it gives you the chance to recruit more guys who have a chance to be drafted. And so it can really turn into this feedback loop. The better you get drafted, the more draftable guys you get. The more guys you get drafted, the better chance you have to recruit draftable guys. So what are they going to build off of this? Because we know, and we've had Kyle on the air and he did the Zoom press conference too, that – Recruiting goes on all the time. Now, what you're allowed to do, obviously, there's no traveling now, but you're texting. What you post to social media, they, I don't think they ever put any limits on that. And lots of guys are following, you know, Instagram or Twitter accounts or whatever, so they're constantly getting it out there. Hey, another youth's drafted, and we're going to see that from all kinds of colleges tonight because every school that does it is going to be out there congratulating their guy, putting his putting his. Uh, Highlights out there, putting his stats out there and making sure that not just the kids, but the high school coaches, the parents, the uncles, whoever has influence, that they know, hey, look at all the NFL guys here.
1: Yes, that's why. That's my whole point. That's why this is a celebration of your program. Recruiting is ongoing. It literally is every day, all day long. It never stops, particularly now when you can send your messages via social media and put that stuff out there about what you're about as a program. So, yes, this is gigantic because it only breeds more success. And right now, you... I don't care who you are. You have to admit that Utah's program is in a good spot. I mean, you just have to. Yeah, they're not in the best spot. They're not LSU undefeated and whatever. And uh, Alabama knocking on the door every year. Or Ohio State, the overwhelming favorite. Seems like the Buckeyes now are the overwhelming favorite every year in the big Uh, 10. I understand that. But nevertheless, your program is in a good spot. And this is a punctuation of the spot that you're in. And we just had Trevor Riley on, was it uh, two days ago, telling us that this is the best recruiting class that they've had. And Kyle Whittingham has said that. So I've got guys that I've known for many years, guys that I trust, guys that I know are not going to BS me telling us that. And that just means that they're setting themselves up for success. And you want to have a program. You don't want to be like I spoke of the devils, how when they put out all these stats and these list things, you know, most guys drafted or whatever it is, blah, 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 they're always in the middle. They're not really sucky, but they're not really great. They're always in the middle. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, that's, that's the maddening portion of it is they're always in the middle. Can they actually get above always being the middle? And anybody, just about anybody, can come out of nowhere and have a good season. And I'm looking at you, Colorado. But it's about having a program that you know is going to be competitive almost every season maybe one year you get deluged by injuries and you're starting your third or fourth team quarterback all right well you got me there so you're probably going to struggle but most of the time you're going to be competitive and that's where this program is and sending the this many guys getting drafted is just huge for the development of the program Yes, the season didn't turn out exactly the way you liked it. I get all that. But you're developing and maintaining a program, and that's what it's about.
0: So uh, I looked up the 2019 draft, players by school, because we were talking uh, earlier in the show. Alabama and Clemson are supposed to be up in the double digits, uh, whether it's 11, 12, 13, 14. We'll have to see how it plays out. It's hard to know which guys are going to go in the seventh round and which guys are going to end up undrafted. But looking at last year, you want to take just a crazy guess, PK, at who led, which school led with 10 draft picks?
1: Well, it's going to either be, well, I'll go, I'll give you three schools, four if you put in LSU. Uh, I'll go uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma. <laughs> Well, which of these things belongs with the other?
0: Which of these things just doesn't belong? LSU only had three guys drafted. Only three guys drafted. Number one with ten picks, Alabama. Number two with nine picks, Ohio State. Number three with eight picks, Oklahoma. You went right down the list. There is a fourth team. There's another team that had eight, and you didn't list them. And well, I think you got to look at Clemson now, obviously. Clemson uh, ended up with six guys drafted. And with eight, it was the University of Washington. So, a Pac-12 school. Georgia and Texas A&M were at seven. And then Auburn, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, and Penn State at six. There are many outliers there. That's, that's pretty much who you would think it would be. Those are all blue bloods. Maybe Ole Miss at six, I guess, would be, or A&M at seven. Might be a couple of the surprising... Names on the list, but everybody else has been in a playoff recently, or been talked about. Maybe Auburn. Uh, you know, Notre Dame did have their one playoff bid a couple years ago. Obviously, uh, Washington had one with Peterson, and had two conference title teams—one that got in, one that got left out. It's—it's it's pretty much who you think it would be. Again, it's—it's it's like you said when you were reading down the list of Pac-12 wins, to NFL draft picks. It's not a perfect. UCLA is a little bit of an outlier. But, man, for 10 or 11 teams, it's a pretty good guide to who's winning and who's not. And you look at this, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Washington, Georgia. Who's going to the playoffs? I mean, they're the teams. Again, it's not perfect, but it's pretty close.
1: Right. That's why this day, and I'm going to keep banging that drum, is gigantic for that, to have this opportunity to see essentially the fruits of your recruiting labor. And it's not like, uh, man, we were just jumping up and down. They got Bradley and I committed to go to Utah. He signed with Utah. You know, as Kyle said, he came in as a 215 pound string bean. Now he's up to 265 or so. And he was a force. And he he is to a degree it's hard to literally be a game changer with one position in the nfl or the call in football in general but he was a significant reason why they were winning as many ball games as they won so my point is you know who are who's the next two or three guys that when they sign or have already signed and we didn't make a big hullabaloo about them but, man, they turned out to be really good. I think we we made, at least I knew that because uh, they had told me that Jalen Johnson was going to be all yep. that. So I made a big deal about that. But so many of these guys, well, we'll just have to see. And then, sure enough, man, we see. And now they're going to go. And so many of them are seniors, which meant they must really enjoy it that they came back. That doesn't mean that the other guys who left uh, Jalen Johnson or some other places. You uh, know Benjamin down there in Tempe is leaving a, a year of eligibility on the table. Doesn't mean they hated it, but it does mean if you come back when you know you're going to be in the NFL a particular year, like Bushman and, and Tonga, uh, to a lesser extent, um, you know I don't know what they would have been their draft status. I think they would have shots to make the NFL, but you can also improve your draft status. But you got to want to come back. You know, it can't be a situation where, man, I can't wait to get out of here. Moss and could have gone. So Moss, so, could, have, Moss could have
0: definitely gone. Uh, he wanted to come back. And, man. you know, I think he's a guy who came in recruited, pretty highly thought of, but maybe not this highly thought of. You know, you, he was supposed to be pretty good. They were excited about getting him. But I still don't think they could have predicted yes. the stats he'd put up and how high he'd go in the draft. But if they said, yeah, he could be an NFL draft pick, you know. Uh, but now we think he's going to go on Friday. You know, we think he's going to be in the second or third round.
1: Yeah, whoever gets him is going to get a workhorse, man. They're going to get everything he has. We've seen that. They're going to get as solid as kid that they can have that's for sure I love that kid too. I love talking to that kid because he was always on track he was always on point you know you could joke a little bit with him. Uh, I can remember down in Tucson uh, he stood up and he knocked over the mic and the mic came crumb- he, the mic came crumbling down tumbling down the floor and I looked at him I said man do you just knock over everything that tries to get in your way and he laughed you know so he, he could do that but he was about business. He's about doing what he needed to do, and he got it done. And now he gets an opportunity to go get paid for it. I think these, these are great stories. These are great stories that these kids have. And, you know, because who knows when you're 10, 12, 14 years old, everyone's got that dream, and now these guys are going to have the opportunity to fulfill that dream. Every single one of them, no matter who it is, it's a great story.
0: DJ and PK, we are brought to you in part by Zero Res. Right now, there's nothing more important than clean, and that's why Zero Res is reducing their rates to help as many people as they can. Schedule with Zero Res right now for just $25 per room. Minimums apply. Call Zero Res at 801 288 9376. Or check them out online at ZeroRezSaltLake.com.
2: Now, let's get this party started. This is Hans Olson and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Lieutenant Governor of the great state of Utah, Spencer Cox. Where we, If I could deliver a swab test right now and an antibody test to every person in the state of Utah, we could open up our economy completely tomorrow. We would know who has the disease. We could isolate them. We would know who has had it already. And we would know how far widespread it is. That's where we want to get to. Is that the level we're going to need to get to from a testing standpoint before we start putting people back in stadiums and arenas across the country? Maybe. I do see a path for some of these with the tests that are going now where this summer we could have some antiviral medications that significantly reduce the loss of life and hospitalization. Once we get to that phase, then I think that's a game changer and would allow us to have some of these bigger sporting events sooner rather than later. Hans and Scotty weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hey! <laughs> With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Engel Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends
0: in Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Time to welcome in Joe. Joe, Good morning. Good morning. Joe, I'm curious. We're all curious about, you know, growing up in Australia and your path to the NBA, and we've talked to you about that quite a bit. But now that we've seen the first couple episodes in the Jordan documentary, number one, I'm curious, did you watch it?
3: Uh, I watched it late. I watched it a couple days later than everyone else, but I did get around to watching it.
0: Because that season they're documenting, 97-98, uh, you were born in October of '87, so you would have been ten, eleven years old at that point, and living half a world away. And now the NBA is very uh, available all over the globe. But in those days, how much did you know growing up about Michael Jordan and the Bulls, or did you, or did you come to the sport in the NBA after that? And so this is all uh, basically a history lesson for you.
3: Um, I guess a little bit of both. I, I think everyone that played basketball no matter what country or, or where you grew up you knew who Michael Jordan was that's not um that's a pretty obvious thing I think I think mean, regardless of where you lived he was a and I guess it said in that kind of documentary or the clips or whatever you've seen is like he was just a world like widely world like everyone knew him. it didn't matter where you were from like you knew who Michael Jordan was so I knew who he was um I guess it'd seen a little bit of stuff um I actually used to have the, uh, those old like videotapes of a couple of his like Michael Jordan's playground and stuff like that, which were um, awesome to watch as a kid. But I, I didn't, I definitely didn't follow the NBA growing up. I, I've said this before a few times. Like I, I never had, we we never had like pay TV in Australia, so we had like five or six channels growing up, um, which were just the local like free like with the, the local channels and um, maybe you'd get some highlights on there. Majority of the time it was our our own league, the, the NBL that was shown, but um, it really wasn't until um, I kind of went to Europe and I guess kind of started paying my own bills that I got um, more like internet. I, we had internet growing up, but like more internet and obviously paying for my, my own pay TV when I was living by myself. So that's when I started to watch it a bit more, but that wasn't until... 17, 18 years old, probably. Um, so I was definitely... I, I, I'm watching it, learning a lot, um, obviously, from those first two that, that came out. Well,
4: that's interesting
1: because they say, particularly for women athletes, you know, when they see women like the WNBA, that has helped inspire little girls to think, hey, I can do this because fill-in-the-blank, WNBA player, whoever it might be, yeah, and that's somebody that I can... Point toward, you really didn't have that as a kid as far as the NBA, so in your mind when did the NBA become a possibility or a dream, however you want to phrase it? Uh, When I got guaranteed
3: by the Jazz on January 7, 2015 or whatever it was. Um, I mean, it was just never like I said, I I didn't grow up with it um, too much. Like Like I said, you hear about it, you saw it every now and then, but it wasn't it wasn't in my face like a, or I'm assuming it was for a lot of Americans the, the kids in America growing up um, all my friends that, that are American or that, that play like all my teammates everyone that I've uh, played with in Europe the Americans their whole dream like growing up was to play in the NBA like that was right. if you played basketball you wanted to play in the NBA and um, I've said this a few times my dream growing up was to play for Australia and was to play for the Adelaide 36, 36s, my hometown team. Um, my version, I guess, of the NBA was the NBL. And we used to <laughs> go and, like, like probably a lot of kids and, and you guys, like we used to go and buy the five $10 tickets and sit in the back row in Adelaide and watch the team play. And I, I had the best time in the world. It was a, There was a player on that team that, that I'm friends with now who's the best player who, who was kind of my hero growing up who I wanted to be like and um, kind of following his footsteps he played for Australia he, he obviously played for, for Adelaide for his whole career um, he, he didn't move any teams or anything and I wanted to be like him and um, it really wasn't and then I obviously had got to the NBL myself went to Europe it probably wasn't until like late in my European career and and really until getting to like the Clippers and and that whole situation that was like, Oh, maybe I can, I'm at training camp with the Clippers with these, obviously back then they had JJ, Matt Barnes, CP, Blake, DeAndre, the the team was was loaded, Jamal Crawford. um, And at training camp, I was doing some things and I'm like, Oh, I I can actually like hold my own a little bit. (laughs) Um, Maybe, maybe I could make it over here um, but before that it was um, a lot further probably just more of a, a, a dream or a thought than actually thinking I would actually get to play in the NBA
0: so when you watch those first couple of shows what do you see uh, with Jordan that really jumps out at you and and maybe you find that you could apply it today either individually or as a group
3: um, I think the thing that stands out and I think I think I knew a little bit about this from stories and watching things and talking to guys that know him and have been around him, that, that like that he was obviously willing to do anything to, to win. And that was obviously sacrificing himself, which he didn't really need to because he was the best player and he was basically unstoppable. But um, the the clip of him... Uh, whoever was giving it to pack, like pack making a play and, and kicking out, it was like, we all know he could score 50, whatever he did in those last games and take over. And they obviously lost those, those games. His school, but he could do that any time. But I think realizing that he needed his teammates, he can't, like as, as good as he was, he still needed that, that good team around him. So I think that willingness to, um, to sacrifice, I guess, but um, the, the desire or whatever to to do whatever it took to win, and a lot of that, a lot of the time, it was him kind of carrying the team by himself, and then having forty or fifty, and and doing things he did. But um, I think that that desire, he he wanted to win more than anything. It wasn't necessarily about him scoring or, or individual awards or stats. It's, he accumulated through his career anyway because he was so good, but that willingness to just do whatever it took to win, which was obviously resulted in six championships and, and being the, the best player ever.
1: I'm wondering how weird it is to be in the States and not playing hoop, because if you're not playing hoop this long, you're probably down in Australia. Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we and I have talked about this a lot. It's, well, it's really, really bizarre to us because
3: Usually, she's never been here. Really, at this time of the year, she has always been playing. So she would usually go back. Um, she did come to a couple of the playoff series and, and whatever, but usually she, she was back in in, in Australia and, and getting ready for her season. I think their season usually starts about now. So um, I'm usually here by myself. We're usually either in the obviously in the playoffs and so we're on the road, or, or I'm at home. Not doing much because we're we're in a playoff series. Um, yesterday or the day before, we spent the whole day outside. I got sunburned quite a bit actually because I haven't seen the sun in ten years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really it's really bizarre to be here and not not have nothing to do, but not be going into the facility and not be doing what we normally getting on a plane and, and whatever. So it's it's really weird just being at my house every day with the kids with the good weather because we've never had I've never had good weather like this without having to do anything
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how often are you talking to the team on Zoom and uh, Quinn and hearing from him and all that because I've heard it it's at least semi-regular yeah
3: pretty regular um, I don't know how many times we've done it this, this, I think we're closing in on nearly 50 days I think of since we got back from from that game and um, obviously, the first few weeks were pretty quiet from from everyone's part, and then we, yeah, everyone we we jumped on these Zoom calls. We've obviously, like I said, we've got group chats that that constantly are are buzzing and all that. But um, no, it's good. It's good to obviously we don't we don't we are not going to overdo it and, and have a Zoom chat every day. But we've we've done a, a couple a week probably um, one or two a week for for the last few weeks. It's it's really good just to. Obviously, to see the guys and you get to talk a bit of smack to them and just have a bit of fun. And obviously, Quinn um, takes a bit more of a serious part at the start, but then we usually stay on as players for a little bit after. And, um, yeah, it's been, like I said, it's been cool to see everyone. Obviously, we can't physically go and actually sit at someone's house or anything. So just to be able to see the guys that you're used to seeing every day has been really cool.
1: Is it correct to say the longer this period of inactivity goes, the longer you'll need to have training to get back to playing real games? You're a smart man. You're a Thank smart you. man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I think, uh,
3: obviously, if we'd had two or three weeks off and we'd come back kind of right away then, it obviously takes less time because, guys are. Uh, bit, like I said, we're coming up to, what, nearly two months now, um, really, and... Um, but that's a that's a long time. Like, a lot, a lot of guys would take three, four, five, six weeks off in the side depending on when you finish you, and when the season's obviously over and all that. Um, and, and doing that, it takes – it's obviously a little different because you, you, you kind of go from nothing to slowly building up to, to being ready for, for training camp where obviously we were – was kind of in, in that part of the season where obviously we had, whatever, 15, 18 games and everyone's kind of gearing up and, and getting your body right and mentally you're getting right ready. and um, Team-wise, you obviously want to be kind of starting to play some really good basketball heading into the playoffs. So we were in a, a really weird position at a finish because everyone was kind of fine-tuning everything before the playoffs started, and obviously trying to, trying to get some wins in that back, like the, the last third of the season. So... Um you go from that to obviously not nothing, but nothing in terms of what we're allowed to do as a team and all that. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I I don't want to ruin people's dreams or anything, but I think the longer we're waiting, I think the harder it is for, for not only the league to come back, but uh, like you said, individuals to to get back to, to game shape. And, and obviously there's going to have to be some, some pretty smart people um, with timelines if we do go back to see how much time exactly is needed because you can't uh, an NBA game as easy as it might look from uh, the grandstand or the the stand sometimes it's uh, it's a quick fast you know obviously we we know how how fast paced and and skilled it is so it's um, it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens because we're uh, like I said we're coming up to whatever just under two months now
0: Joe Ingles join us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Uh, Mike Conley won the horse tournament. and oh, lo- what dee Mike. <laughs> and a lot of us got to see his assortment of horse shots. Now, you've spent a lot of time in the gym, and horse can just be, you know, guys matching 20-foot jumpers, you know, corner threes, whatever. But Mike's spinning the ball on his finger and then punching it off Have the last you jimmy
3: no wonder he's doing all that silly <laughs> right. thing.
0: Bloody ten million dollar
3: quarters, yeah.
0: So you've already jammed him up for that, huh? That's part of what the Zoom calls yeah. about. Yeah, his his
3: connection kept breaking out because he was walking all over the compound of a home he got, and he kept breaking out because it was it was so big.
4: Have you
0: got any of those shots in your? Uh, you ever play horse with him? You got any of those shots you can hit him with, or is it just uh, him and his ambidextrous? What's what's the point of that? Yeah, uh, I think
3: uh, Mike's kind of in his own league with that because there's not many, there's not many players around the league that can. I mean, there's not many players. There's some players in the league that can't shoot with their strong hand. <laughs> Never mind uh, throwing it off their, their opposite hand, which they actually prefer more than their strong hand. Like that's just a weird whole concept in itself. So Mike's definitely uh, one of a kind. I, I think we all obviously the Jazz guys and, and probably a lot of guys that played with him in Memphis were, were pretty confident he was going to win that when it, when it came out and no matter who was playing because there's not many people like I'm not going to walk into a, a tournament and shoot with my right hand because there's no chance of going in you know, I don't even dribble with my right hand so I'm not going to try and shoot with it and, and he like I said it's more comfortable for him almost shooting with his opposite hand
1: So we know what everyday life is like uh, here in Salt Lake City. Uh, what's everyday life going on back in your home country? Do you know?
3: Yeah, I mean they've been um, that's pretty much. They got locked down pretty quickly. Um, kind of when the news came out. Yeah, I think we. I think we actually things got locked down before the US did, um, and we had nowhere near as many cases at the time. But they we're pretty quick to act on it. Um, now I think the the whole process now is obviously um, similar to here, uh, essential um, work or workers are obviously still allowed to work and, and do what they do, but everything else is pretty much shut down. I think they're on a, like, you can only leave the house with, with one other per like gatherings is, is only you and kind of one other person. Um, you can obviously go outside do, for a walk or run or whatever, but um yeah, very similar to here. It's basically, don't leave the house unless you really, really need to
2: or, um,
3: or have to. So, I think it's. Well, um, I mean, I think it's so obviously so necessary at this point. And um, I think we've we've seen kind of worldwide the the cases are slowly dropping, and um, that doesn't mean we can all <laughs> jump up now and, and go out. I think we need to still be smart about it. Obviously, if you need to get out there's no i don't think there's too much an issue with you getting out going for a walk or going to the shops quickly but um obviously it's it's kind of wait until you really need to rather than uh, i guess how we would do it normally if we um if we were living our regular kind of lives
0: well joe enjoy another week with the kids enjoy two more episodes of uh the jordan uh show and uh I don't a few know. More episodes of Naked and Afraid. So, yeah, uh, Ozark. Apparently, a lot of people are getting into Ozark. I don't know. I don't know what happened in season three, but I'm on Twitter. I don't watch it. I haven't seen it. But man, I haven't seen it
3: all, but I've heard a lot about it. And man. I might just I might just watch it on YouTube or something. because get breaking news and tweet about it and just ruin people's uh, <laughs> nights.
0: Okay. All right, and watch that Jordan show. And no matter what you do, don't uh, don't start slapping teammates in the face like Charles Oakley. Okay. I'm definitely going to do that to George next time I see him. <laughs> Jeez. All right, Joe. Hey, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. All no right, thanks, guys. All right, there's Joe Ingles checking in his weekly visit right here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone DJ and PK,
2: Craig Boulderjacks coming up at the top of the hour. Stay with us. It's time to showcase those that are helping all of us through these difficult times. This is a partner profile on the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, and we
0: are joined now by Dan James, owner of Black Diamond Experts, handling electric, plumbing, heating, and air for homes and small businesses. Dan, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you doing today? Uh, you know, just adjusting to the new normal, probably like you're doing. I assume uh, it's impacted your work. How's it done? That.
4: Um. Yeah. It's definitely uh, thrown us a little bit of a curveball, but we've been able to adapt. Uh, adapt really well. Uh, we've uh, got a really good uh, crew of uh, technicians and office staff that have all worked together. We've been able to keep everybody together to work through this, and uh, and yeah, we're, we're doing pretty good overall. So.
1: Um, so. Since you're the owner and your name is Dan James, do you realize that we can replace David James with Dan James very easily and we could still have DJ and
4: PK doing the radio
1: show? Look at
4: that. Yeah, right. they actually used to call me DJ back in the day when I was a kid, so I like that. That's <laughs> odd. I didn't get called
0: DJ until I was an adult. No one called me DJ as a kid. Weird, huh? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Backwards. <laughs> All right, so uh, a little bit about your business for people who don't know about Black Diamond, DJ, the owner, Dan James, joining us. Uh, You guys have been around for for more than a decade, but a lot of people who work for you have been in the industry a lot longer than that.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, been, I, I've been in the industry since I was actually uh, in high school, but uh, yeah, we've been in business for a little over 10 years. We specialize in uh, electrical plumbing and heating and air conditioning uh, systems for, for pretty much uh, uh, homeowners and small businesses. Anybody that, that um, needs work done to repair or replace uh, uh, things in that, of that nature, we take care of. Um, we uh, uh, have thousands of five-star Google reviews, and we also just won uh, two of the Best estate Awards for HVAC and electrical and plumbing. And uh, two years before that, we also won it for uh, electrical. So uh, we really pride ourselves in in, uh, taking care of our customers and having good quality customer service and being fair with customers. And that uh, is shown by by the awards we get and all the ratings that we have.
1: So sometimes you have situations where your services are needed and the hours are not conveniently between eight in the morning and five of the afternoon five in the afternoon what can your businesses your business do black diamond experts help do as far as helping people if it's off hours
4: yeah, great question. So uh, a lot of times those those things do break uh, after hours in the evenings or on the weekends. And so we have structured our team to where we are available 24-7 to, to take care of any of those needs, whether it's uh, the middle of the day on a Sunday or uh, on Friday night or, or sometime uh, during the day on Saturday. We're always available to come and take care of that issue for you to make sure you're up and going. <clears throat> and if it is something like major, like your furnace isn't working, your water heater isn't working, uh, or you have no power to your house, we're going to do everything possible to get that restored for you so you can get back to what you were doing
0: and what are you doing for teachers these days because we heard you got a special program
4: yeah, great. Uh I'm glad you asked. So uh, we, we have done a little bit of research and really noticed that uh, our, our teachers have been taking a big hit to do this coronavirus thing, not only financially, but just uh, um, uh, mentally and emotionally, because they're, they're out of their realm. They're, they're used to being at the schools, hanging out with kids all day, and, uh, teaching them and, and improving their lives. And they haven't been able to do that uh, other than doing webinars and that type of stuff. And so we really wanted to, to, to go out and try to help those teachers out. So what we did is we came up with two notes for teachers program where essentially any teacher in, in, in Utah that uh, needs a, a tune-up done on their air conditioner, we'll go ahead and do that for free as, as long as they call and schedule it before May 1st. And uh, we'll also be replacing a filter while we do this. And uh, we're not doing this as a uh, an upsell tactic or anything like that. We're just genuinely going to come out there and get your tune-up done uh, and take care of it for you and head on, on our way. So we just want to be there to help them out during this time of need.
1: And then also with the COVID situation for families in need, what do you got going on there?
4: So, yeah, so uh, same kind of thing there. We, we've noticed there's a lot of people that uh, are, are have been hit by this in various ways, There's financially or maybe they've lost a loved one or maybe um, uh, they have some other hardship going on there. And so what we're looking for is a handful of families that, that – are in a situation where they need something done but they might not have the means to take care of it right now like maybe their water heater uh isn't working or maybe their uh their air conditioner didn't kick on this year when they needed it to or or maybe some of the lights in their house just aren't working that type of stuff and what we want to do is just uh, uh uh have them go to our facebook page or our instagram page and and get us information and then we'll add them to uh to the list to go and review and decide which families are going to get these services done uh we've done this uh in, in years past uh usually it's during christmas time and in times like that where we're able to go out and maybe replace a furnace for somebody or or replace a water heater that type of stuff and it really uh our, our technicians really enjoy it i really enjoy helping out people and i think that uh, really helps out the community so uh that's that's another thing that we're doing right now to try to get out there and, and help people out during this tough time
0: so give people a phone number they can hit you up a, a website they can go to how do they get a hold of uh black diamond
4: uh, yeah, so uh, feel free to give us a call any time. It's 801-590-3625. That's 801-590-3625. Our website is blackdiamondexpert.com, or you can just Google us uh, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Um, we also have a few just regular uh, tune-ups or uh, specials going on. We have a $29 uh, basic tune-up for anybody, and we have a $50 off any any services totaling 250 or more, so we have some other deals going. Um, I would like to just let people know that in about a week from yesterday, it's going to be hot. It's going to be 80 degrees, plus up here in St. George, it's going to be in the 90s, and so uh, there's never a better time than, than this week to get this stuff done, so when you do kick on that air conditioner, you're ready for it. You're not going to be sitting there uh, sweating in your house.
0: Black Diamond experts, Dan James is the owner. DJ, thanks for joining us. Yep, thank you. Talk to you guys later. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Craig Bolerjack, coming up next.